Blog Talk Radio. You got to accentuate the positive feeling. Eliminate the negative, latch on to the affirmative. Don't mess with Mr. In Between. You gotta spread joy up to the maximum. Bring gloom down to the minimum. Have faith. A pandemonium liable to walk upon the scene. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Positively Affirmative. This is the show where we affirm you, our listening audience, with education, information, and resources in the areas of self-care, career development, business building, and wealth consciousness, challenges, and solutions. I am your host, Trina Jones, Prosperity Life Coach of Satari Life Skills Institute. And in case you cannot listen to the entire broadcast, you can visit my website at prosperitylifecoach.com for more coaching resources. Well, today our show topic is get the get the get the uh, land the job or get the job that you want uh, land the job that makes you shine land the job that makes you shine and i am so honored to have with us today john scanlon who is the author of the book careers in action john created this workbook and it is a guide that helps us to uh, plan our career path from beginning to end. John has he's been in he's been a high school teacher. He's worked in the business sector as well as in higher education. For over twenty years, he taught career courses and career advising at Cleveland State University's Career Services Center. He has served as president of the Ohio Association for Employment and Education, chair of the Publication Advisory Committee, and member of the executive board of the Midwest Association of Colleges and Employers. He is a member of the National Association of Colleges and Employers and the World Association for Cooperative education so he is going to bring he brings a wealth of knowledge uh, and resources as it, um, in the as it, as it relates to career development John thank you so much for being on our show today oh you're welcome it's my pleasure to be here thank you thank you now although I I read that information about you I'm going to ask you to to tell us a little bit about yourself did you know that next month uh, my wife Kathy and I will have been married 43 years? Wow. Congratulations. Oh. Well, thank you. Oh, this isn't the marriage show? Oh, all right. <laughs> no, we have, uh, we have a good time here. Uh, while that person you just described sounds wonderful, I'd really like to meet him someday. <laughs> Uh, 
I should tell you that I'm now retired. Hopefully that doesn't disqualify me from the discussion. But uh, I did write the book, and I'm very really proud of that. And I did work for 26 years at Cleveland State. I was the assistant director of the Career Services Center, so I supervised people and uh, kind of mentored them along in their own careers. And my favorite thing was talking to students and solving problems as we talked. Hmm. Well, I know that I met you when I was a student at Cleveland State, and I was uh, going through my master's program, and I volunteered um, for a period of time with Career Services, and the the book that you wrote, we 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 referenced that book all the time. And I can remember as I worked with students with resumes and interviewing, um, you know, the book was just such a great reference. Um, that would lead that would lead us anywhere we wanted to go when it came to determining, um, you know, what is the best format for a resume and what are the things that I should say on an interview and um, you know how should I dress and 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 and, and all of those uh, you know factors that come to play. I want to ask you what inspired you to write this book. Do you want to know the real story? Just yes. don't let this okay. Don't let this get out. <laughs> Funny. All right, just okay. With me. All right. Uh, our director, uh, Paul Klein, at the time, came around the corner into my office and said, "Hey, you want to write a book?" And I said, wow. uh, "Okay." And it turned out he was talking to a publishing company, the Kendall Hunt Publishing Company, and they wanted him to write a book. And he didn't want to do that, so he asked me. I said, "Okay, um, we'll get we'll get started on that." But uh, as I worked on it, it was a great exercise. It gave me a chance to pour out everything that I wished I could tell people about yeah. careers and finding the right career for themselves. So uh, it was a lot of fun that way, and I just spilled everything out and told all my stories in there. The things I said in class, I said in the book, and I tried to make it interesting and, and fun and, and useful. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, and, and I do, I, you know, as, as when I go through the book, there are a lot of um, little stories, you know, a lot of stories that I'm able to relate to and um it's fun, you know. It's it's uh, it's a very light book, you know, as far as you know, a lot of heavy reading and and you know, it's not real serious, but it, it but it, it provides so much good information. Oh, good. I'm now, uh huh. When, when talking about career assessments, because it, it seems like that's one of the first steps to determining. Um, what I want to do with, with my life, even if even as a you know as a young person, but even as a as an older adult, uh, transitioning from from one job to another or being downsized, um, you know it, it seems like the career assessment is one of the first places to start. One of the first questions you ask in the book is, who are you? 
and what do you want? Why, why are these questions important? The short answer, and we have a lot to cover, so I'll give you a short answer, is simply because unless you do this self-assessment piece, discovering uh, your own interests, abilities, values, and where they can be applied, you'll just waste your time chasing down poor career choices and have to start all over again. So do this first, take the time to do it right, and you'll save yourself a lot of time and get going much quicker than you ordinarily would. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I hear people saying, I don't know what I want to do, an assessment kind of helps a, helps a person to get to narrow down what their uh, interests are, where their strengths are, what their skills are, uh, that type of thing. Is, is that the, um, you know, what is, the, what is a self-assessment and what is the purpose and, and how does that work? Okay. Uh, self-assessment involves taking stock of your interests, your skills, mm-hmm and your values, the things that are important to you. For your interests, there is something called the strong interest inventory, named after a person, uh, strong, based on uh, a man named John Holland's work about discovering uh, to what degree you like to work with people, things, ideas, and data, and you can come up with a a three-letter code for yourself from the strong interest inventory, and it corresponds to a list of careers, kind of helps you narrow it down. There are also work skills inventories in the book, or you can find them online, where you you can do this yourself, just on a piece of paper, uh, write down the jobs that you've had and the skills you think you've used, and if you need help, you can look at an inventory to break down those skills. And there's also uh, values inventories that you can find online. They're kind of forced choice tests where you say, okay, which is more important, this or this, and you narrow down. Is is money important to you? That's fine. If it is, what are you going to do to make the most money? Is Are people most important to you? Is working by yourself most important to you? Do you want want responsibility? Do you want leadership? Those are great things. If not, you say, you know, as a matter of fact, I don't want to supervise anyone. I hate that. Okay, we know that now. Let's look for jobs where you'll fit in based on what you learn about yourself. Okay. Um. You know, I think those uh, self-assessments are really great because so many those aren't questions that I believe we tend to ask ourselves on a regular basis, and so the the self-assessments tend to help up tend to force us to think a little deeper than we normally do and to to reflect a little deeper than we do. Mm, Okay, great. Now, what is the importance of you know, when you, when you talk about career choices, what is the importance of, of college um, when making a career choice? What is that for I have to te- Okay, well, I have to tell you that I am prejudiced mm-hmm. on this point. 
I think college is a great place for both book learning and experiential learning. Mm. Um, but that's that was my history. That was my family. That's that's what we did. My parents went to college, and some of my grandparents went to college. Some didn't, but education was very important in my family, so that's a value that I have. But there are different ways mm-hmm. to get that. Certainly, whether you go to a four-year college, a two-year college, some kind of training program, find a place where they have strong internship and co-op programs so you can test what you think you'd like to do. That's what's important in, in terms of choosing your, your education path. Mm, I like that. I, You know, I, I'm interested. I, I hadn't thought about when, when I think of college, I just automatically think of, you know, a two-year program or a four-year program. I never thought about technical school or, you know, a trade, you know, where, where I go to school to, or into a program to learn a trade. So that kind of opens up the, the horizons um, more. It's not a sure, cookie-cutter sure. approach. Okay. okay. Yeah, and there, and, and we need people like that, too. So we need, okay. uh, we need rocket scientists and we need other people building the rockets. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. What is the best way to choose a career if I don't plan to go to college? Take a look at community resources like local libraries that might have workshops and advising sessions about careers. Some places have full-blown career sections where they have people who will administer some of those self-assessment inventories we talked about. They'll have, uh, of course, a, a section of books about it and online resources specifically designed for searching in careers. So certainly use those resources. Uh, some churches, um, larger churches, might have programs like that to help uh, people. And look for, like I said, apprenticeship programs in the trades. Look at the two-year programs that emphasize what might be called real-world wor- real learning. Okay, and what is that? What is real-world real learning? Well, I guess uh, sometimes people say, well, you're in college, you're not in the real world. <laughs> well, of course we're in the real world. You know, we it's a physical world. But uh, they contrast that with, say, oh, you're just academic, you're, you're talking about theories or ideas, but uh, I need my car fixed or my furnace broke down. I need somebody who can do that. Uh, I'm not interested in the philosophy of, of heating and cooling. I need somebody over here right now. So um, there'll be programs like that, usually out of uh, community colleges that offer uh, those sorts of learning experiences. Okay, okay. All right. And now in your book, you talk about uh, in, in information information interviews, what what are they? Well, I certainly didn't uh, invent the term. Uh, it actually comes from a man named Richard Bowles, who wrote a book called "What Colors Your Parachute," which is another great resource for careers. It's it's kind of nonlinear, though. It's not my book goes step by step. 
he jumps all over the place. And if you're that kind of a person, if you like to jump all over the place, then definitely read his book, too. But in any case, the, the main idea in information interviews involves finding people who are doing what you think you'd like to do and then set up appointments to interview them about their work. So to do that, of course, you need a a good list of questions ready and keep it short, 20 to 30 minutes. In fact, when you call, you explain your purpose and that you'd like to speak to them for about 20 or 30 minutes and express it that way in terms of minutes. If you say half an hour, people will just hear the word hour and go, I don't have an hour. But people have minutes because minutes are pennies and and everybody has pennies to spend. So do that. Um, You want to hear some more about that? Absolutely. Okay, real quick. Treat it like a job interview. The way you dress, your appearance, because you never know, you're making an impression on this person. But don't treat it... um, or don't use it as a disguise for a job interview because your purpose is to go in and learn about that sort of work, ask the person about their own career path and what they did, uh, their education, the skills they think you need to do this job, uh, those sorts of things. And then finally, Mm -hmm. okay, Mm -hmm. can I say one last thing? At the very end of that, you don't want, that to be a dead end. You might say, okay, thanks a lot, bye, and then leave, but always ask for referrals, and again, be specific. Say, gee, can you think of two or three other people in this field that I might talk to? And you you don't say, can you think of anybody, because it's too easy to say, no, I can't think of anybody. No, but if you say two or three other people, then they'll say, well, let me see. You might talk to uh, Katrina Jones and John Scanlon. Maybe they can help you. All right, great. Can I use your name as an introduction, not as a reference, saying, oh, yeah, this this person is terrific. You want to talk to her. No, you just say, may I say that uh, Katrina Jones suggested that I call you. So you get that information before you leave. Interesting, and and um, as as you were talking, I was thinking about you know it, it's a form of networking. Absolutely, and and mm-hmm. and also it's a it's an it's an introduction into into um, a field. You know, it's it's an introduction into a world by just going in and, and asking informative questions, um, as you said, opposed to going in uh, seeking a job, which, which is a skill to learn. You know, that, that is a skill. Sure. So that's really so interesting. You, you, I like sir, that. And don't, yeah, don't start with the, uh, the super-duper person that, that you think is really going to help you the most. You can practice on other people or practice on your mm-hmm. family members and and okay, okay, you be so and so, and I'll ask you some questions. Sure. All right. Nice. All right. Why are resumes and cover letters so important? Again, the the short answer is that's the first impression you make on people. Uh, like it or not, you will be judged on how you present yourself on paper. 
that I, have, I always say that uh, your resume has to be perfect. Of course, nothing in this world is, but boy, your resume has to be absolutely perfect. No misspellings, no misuse of grammar. Um, all the information has to be accurate. It just has to be the best presentation possible on paper. And cover letters are so difficult to write. A bad one is easy. You can knock out a bad one in a few minutes. Not a problem. Okay. But if you want a good one, you have to take some time with that and it's get some examples um, before you get started. Get the feedback on both documents for your resume and for your cover letter. Have somebody look at it before you send it out. Okay. 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 Now, what it, what is networking, and how does it relate to the career planning process? Okay, networking is just the process of building and maintaining a web of professional contacts in your field, finding people who are doing the sorts of things that you'd like to do, and counting them as contacts as perhaps references or people who can help you get where you're going. So as you work on this, uh, well, the benefits of networking, of course, would be getting into what's called the hidden job market, you know, jobs that are not necessarily posted. You can hear about it from someone uh, before it's out in the general public, perhaps, and get a jump on that and keeping your name out there as a potential uh, employee, learning about the latest developments in your field, going to professional meetings are, is going to be important, understanding the future of what you're, you're getting into to see that there is one, that this is something that people are going to need over the, the coming years. Hmm. Would you like to know how to do that? Absolutely. <laughs> would, that be a good, would that be a good idea? Tell you what, professional organizations, uh, they could be fancy-dancy things like the ones you mentioned at the beginning of the show. It could be uh -huh. uh, uh, unions, for example, um, all okay. sorts of groups like that. It's, it's best to join them, say, if you're a student, it costs less to join as a student. And, and if you're clever, you can do it just before you graduate so your membership takes you into that first year of job searching. So you go to the meetings and you can be uh, as an aspiring professional even after you're out of school. So another good way to do this is volunteering. People, you, you could be working next to, say, say you go volunteer at a Habitat for Humanity project. Mm -hmm. Every city has a, a chapter. Find your local chapter and, and volunteer there. And you might be working next to the president of the bank, you know, pounding nails together or whatever it is. So you can meet some people informally that way, and you kind of talk to them during the, the volunteer day. And who knows, they might say, well, come in and talk to me next week. You, you can meet some great people that way. Even in your current job or your classmates, your, your coworkers, of course, your own family, uh, your extended family, uh, 
you have all kinds of, of tentacles that you can put out there. I have some more to say about that. You want to hear a little bit? More? Okay, a little, yes, little bit more. Please, yeah. real, real mm-hmm. quick. To, I guess I am the guest. I can do whatever I want. Okay, make it a <laughs> within reason. Make it a goal, though. Make networking a goal that that involves numbers and dates. So you'd say by April first, I'll meet five new people. And then you write that down for yourself, and that's a little bit more of an incentive to go and do it. There's all sorts of of things online to use. Most important, of course, is LinkedIn. Everyone needs to be on LinkedIn. If you don't have an account, you can set one up. Be very planful about that. I, I do a whole workshop on that. You don't want to hear that yet. But real quick, you have an p- option to uh, put a photo up there, and that's very important to do. Mm-hmm. No one wants to connect with you if there's no photo. They can't see you. Uh, okay. So get a, a nice photo of yourself, preferably not a selfie, because that's at arm's length. People mm-hmm. do those well very rarely. Usually it's some odd angle shot up your nose. You don't want that. You want okay. somebody else to take your picture in a in a quiet background, not too distracting, dressed professionally, and uh, not backlit. I've, I've seen pictures of people you can't see their face because they're standing by an office window and all the lights mm-hmm. pouring in from behind. So don't do that. So get a nice photo up there and use the flexibility of the introduction box. Sometimes people put their job title and where they work or something. And that's boring. Put a nice statement in there about your goals or what you want to do or who you really are and what and what you're interested in. It's more flexible than you think in terms of the text that you can pop in there. Okay. And then, of course, in the in the body of your profile, it doesn't have to be your resume. Many of them read like resumes. It doesn't have to be quite that way. You can you can do that. And one last thing, when you set about making contacts in LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. You can click on someone, and the message comes up, says something like, hi, I'd like to connect with you. And then people mm-hmm. will just send that. Well, don't do that. You can type over that text. You can eliminate that. Put in your own personalized message. Hi, I met you at such and such place the other day. I'd like to connect with you. Or, hi, I'm graduating in June from the same school that you went to. And I'd really like to connect with you. So you personalize that so people have a reason to connect, like, oh, okay, you're not too strange. I'll do it. You can connect with me if you like. You can mention this show and say, hi, I heard you uh, on the Blog Talk radio show on Sunday. Perfect. I'll I'll do it. Okay. Very, very interesting um, you know, as I'm as I'm listening to you talk about, uh, you know, about uh, networking, it makes me think that once I start looking for em- uh, employment or to upgrade my job or to transition, and even in my current position, I I'm, I'm always on. Uh, you know, a lot of times it's easy to think that well, I'm not at work right now or I'm not 
not interviewing right now, so I can just kind of be relaxed and 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 you know just kind of uh, you know do do my thing, um, which you can. But I think it's important for people to know that with this social media, people are always watching you. So oh, with Facebook, you have to be so yeah. careful about oh, it's a good how you, you post that. and what you post. Yes, yes. Yes, especially for uh, for younger people. Uh, no smoking, no drinking. Uh, wear clothes, please. Make sure you're fully clothed. You know, <laughs> things like that that yes. uh, can wreck people's chances before they even get started. So clean up your yes. profile if if you think you need to. Great. What do I need to know about the interviewing process? Oh, everything. <laughs> okay. Like, you know, how do you get to, okay. how do you get to Carnegie Hall? You practice. So, mm. first of all, there's a, there's a there's a couple things. Um, know yourself. You've heard that advice before, but if you if you do everything we talked about at the beginning in terms of self-assessment, you'll be ready for those mm-hmm. questions. When they say, "Tell me about yourself," you'll be ready mm-hmm. for that. Also, know about the job that you're going for and the employer, the the company, the nonprofit, the school, whatever it is. Go to their website. Know something about their products, uh, whether that's manufacturing or uh, the results they want to produce in the community. Know something about the place. And it's so easy to do that now. There's no reason not to know about the place because they'll say, well, what do you know about us? And you say, well, I know that recently you had a zillion dollars in profits and I want some of that. Well, you wouldn't say that exactly, but something along those lines. Mm -hmm. So know yourself, know about the job, and have a good list of questions to ask for yourself. Mm -hmm. And never, never ask about the money. I know it's, it's so hard because it's so important and that's the whole point of this exercise, to actually get paid for something. But you can't mention it, especially in the first interview. Don't do that. And lastly, you do have to rehearse with someone. You can do a mock interview at your school or uh, with a family member or a friend. Say, here, ask me these questions and practice that because that's absolutely essential that you be ready for whatever they throw at you. Hmm. I like that. And I think, you know, when you talk about practice, I think that's so, such good advice because often um, I, I may go into an interview prepared to, to do a one-on-one and I may walk in and there may be a group of people there oh, to yeah, interview yeah. me. And, and, and I didn't know that. And, um, and and some people have to do have to interview over a meal, you know, all depending on what type of job you're going for. But when you can interview in advance and, and rehearse, it just takes a lot of the guesswork out of your uh, presentation. All right, two quick things that that you mentioned: uh, a group interview. Best advice there is simply to include everyone in your answer. If one person asks you a question, don't just look at that person. Rather, 
scan the, the panel of people and talk to each one of them as you answer. That's very important. And then for interviewing over a meal, it sounds funny, but don't order the soup because right? it's mm. too messy and too hard to eat. Something simple uh, that you can uh, handle and talk at the same time. Good advice. Thank you. What what questions can employers ask, and then what questions can can and should I ask? Sure. Okay. Let's see. They could ask anything, of course, but all their questions should be related to the job. And mm-hmm. most days, these interviewers that you'll see today are, are professional human resources people. They know the rules. They know what's permissible and not. Uh, the only time you might have an issue with someone saying, are you married? Do you have children? Well, who takes care of the kids when you're at work? You know, all those things that are not their concern, the only time that you may run into something like that is at a small private employer, like a small company, where the owner is doing the hiring. They're not human resources professionals. They think they need to know these things. So that could be an issue sometimes with that. But most times, be prepared for the tell me about yourself question. Uh, what do you know about us? Why should I hire you? And especially prevalent today would be behavioral questions where they'll pose a situation for you and you have to say what you would do in in a certain case. So uh, if you get a question, uh, like a situational question like that, I do have a quick formula. Would you like to hear that? Yes, please. Oh, okay. All right. You've seen the, the, you may have seen this formula expressed as STAR, like situation, task, action, result. I like bar because it's shorter and funnier. You know, tell them a bar story. And that just means background, action, and result. Explain the background of the situation that you faced, the action that you took, and the most important part, what happened as a result of that. Say, simply if, if you were a teacher, for example, and or perhaps a student teacher, uh, what would you do you know, if there was a, a child in the back who wasn't paying attention and, and didn't seem to get it? Uh, you'd say, well, as a matter of fact, uh, I had a, a student one time who, who was always sleeping in the back corner, so uh, that's the background. And the action that you took was you said, uh, can I talk to you And after class? And you, and you talked to him and found out that he was playing hockey at 6 o'clock in the morning before he came to school. And, of course, you may not run into that in Florida so much, but here you would. And he said, oh, gosh, okay, I, I see. So the result was that you put him up front so that he would hopefully stay awake, and it turns out he did, and, and he got enthused because you cared about hockey, you're a big fan, and you connected. So anyway, what that's what happened as a result of what you did. Okay. All right, so, so the star method and, and the bar method. You're right. Oh, you said uh, something mm-hmm. about questions that you can ask. Uh, 
Yes. And yes. that's a that's a good thing. Let's see. What sorts of questions should you ask for yourself? I said you can't ask about um, no money. money. Don't ask about money. <laughs> that won't work. But for yourself, you can talk about them, the the interviewer's uh, history with the company. That is, tell me about your career path here. Uh, what sort of opportunities are there for growth? And a great question is, why do you like working here? You know, what keeps you here? And mm. oh, da 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 da. If they have trouble with that, they go, oh, wait a minute, do I like working here? Well, maybe not. So that would not be too cool. But mm-hmm. try to find out some more about the place. Uh, while you're talking to the person about their own career path. And another good one mm-hmm. is how will you know if I'm successful? How, and another way to ask that is how will I be evaluated here? And you need to know that because what are you getting into and are their standards hmm. fair and reasonable, and are their goals attainable, or do they want you to do, well, I, here's what happened. We, uh, we had to lay off two people, so you're actually doing the work of three, and then you say, well, okay, I don't know if I'm up to that or if I'm interested in that. So find out those sorts of things. Okay. All right, is that Great, helpful? great advice. Mm-hmm. Great advice, and see, I'm I'm writing, I'm taking notes. <laughs> All right. All right. Now, what what are what are business ethics? Are they applicable to everyone in the workplace? Funny thing about ethics, it's simply the way you treat people. Think of it that mm. way. It should okay. include you know respect for individuals, your own personal honesty loyalty, fidelity, that is, being faithful to promises that you make and and treating people well. And, of course, they are applicable to everyone, no matter what your station in the workplace. Those are good things to keep in mind because, uh, you know, you've heard of the golden rule. You may have heard of the platinum rule. The the golden rule, of course, is... uh, Treat others as as you want to be treated. The mm-hmm. platinum rule. Have you heard the platinum rule? But treat people that? the way they want to, the way they want to exactly. be treated. Exactly. Yes. Very good. Exactly. You were listening that day in class. Okay. Sure. <laughs> treat people the way they want, which means you have to understand what they want, mm-hmm. and you you can't you know treat everybody the same. So, uh, in terms of uh, Fidelity, I have a story about that. There was a, honest to goodness, there was a woman back in the, uh, about 10 years ago, when things Mm -hmm. were booming uh, for computer science people, you could actually, back in in the good old days, what was happening is that students would take a job and work for six months, and they'd change jobs, and they would get $10,000 more. Honest to goodness, mm-hmm. by changing jobs, that doesn't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. But there was a woman who took a job at a, a major software company, and 
she was sent off for some very expensive training, like $4,000 it cost to send her off to this school. And okay. sometime later, she left the company. She said, okay, see ya, and, mm-hmm. and left for another job. Well, the first company wrote her a letter saying, all right, that's fine. Please give us $4,000 <laughs> because yes. that's what it yes. cost us. You know, to train you, and you left, and uh, that's not very ethical. So, uh, be ethical. Shortly. Hmm. And you know, you bring up some good points. You know, ethics is, is so important. As you were talking, it made me think about jobs that are um, don't have a lot of supervision. And so, sure. doing what you doing what you say you're going to do, you know, putting the time in, you know, putting in an honest day's work for an honest day's pay, and you know, uh, yeah. just those type of things. Um, you know, act the way that you would act if you didn't think somebody was was paying attention or, or, or looking. Right. That's good. I, I like that. <clears throat> what are some of the common mistakes people make in the in the job seeking process? Okay, let's let's be negative now. We've been all affirmative lately, but we'll be negative <laughs> here. Okay. Number one thing, probably the number one thing I think that that people do is mm-hmm. they spend too much time on the computer and not enough time outside talking to real people in real time in a real place. So don't mm-hmm. fall into that online job boards and. Mm-hmm. Uh, your your schools job boards and such and online applications are that sending your resume out online that's a wonderful thing you have to do it but uh, allow time for getting out and talking to people uh, there are success stories of people finding jobs off the computer no problem they they just sat in their pajamas and sent their resume out and bang they got a job but mm-hmm. it's still worthwhile to get out and talk to people so do that another thing that probably the second most common thing they do is they simply don't prepare for interviews they walk in cold worst possible thing and now after today you have no excuse uh, to do that Uh, another thing is uh, they don't use all the resources available or they don't use them effectively because when people would come in and talk to me they say I've done everything, and I still don't have a job. Or they, or better yet, they'll come in and say, "I did everything you told me, and I still don't have a job." I said, "Okay." And in my own mind, I'm thinking, "How well did you do them? Let's go see, so that we do a kind of a, an audit of your job search to see how well are you using." Uh, paper, people, and pixels, I call it. You know, how do you look on paper? Are you talking to people? And what's your online presence look like? And then maybe lastly uh, is that they may be overly concerned about salary. Like I said, don't mention it in the first interview. Wait till the employer brings it up and go from there. I know a lot of times people have a fixed salary in their mind or amount of money that they want, and they're not willing to 
you know, go up under that. <clears throat> but sometimes I know that you have to look at other factors. Um, you have to look at the, the benefit package. You have to look at the opportunities sure. for growth. Um, so it's not always it's not always, and it's not only about the money. There are many factors that you have to take into consideration. Okay, while when, we're talking you know, about this, mm-hmm. excuse yes. me, while we're talking about this, uh, there are two rules simply for salary negotiations would be, number one, know what you're worth, okay. and number two is never initiate the topic. So in terms of knowing what you're worth, a really good website for that is, of course, uh, glassdoor.com. It's gotten much better over the years. It's much more comprehensive than it used to be. So I would definitely go there. And mm-hmm. there's different salary surveys you can find uh, from the government, from professional associations. They track that sort of thing. So there's lots of ways to find out what people actually make. It's, it's, it's the, the biggest secret ever, but not so much. There are ways to find mm-hmm. out about that. So absolutely know what you're worth. What are what are history maker majors making these days? You know what are philosophy mm-hmm. majors making? Uh, accountants mm-hmm. or computer scientists or engineers or teachers or retail mm-hmm. salespeople or um, marketing people. Whatever your specialty is, find out okay. what what the going rate is, so you know if the offer is fair or not. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> and and um, what are some of the common mistakes that people make once they are employed? You are so negative today. What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you know one of the biggest things people do wrong once they get the job is they simply mm-hmm. fail to ask questions. They're afraid mm-hmm. maybe that they'll... They may be thinking, oh, I should know this, but not necessarily. It's much better to ask questions and learn, and you can do it discreetly. You can talk to a coworker. You can talk to your boss and say, I've never done this particular thing. You know, how do you want mm-hmm. it done? To make sure that you're not making assumptions about their expectations. And the other side of that is, is coming across as a know-it-all. You breeze in. You've got great ideas. Listen, this is all wrong. This is the way I think we should do it. And these people have been doing it for 20 years, and they have an idea of how things should go. You're the perhaps the young whippersnapper uh, or the new graduate, no matter what age, and you don't know what's going on. So make sure you listen and and just observe for a while before you come in with your big ideas. And you also remember the uh, group projects in school. And without without a doubt, I always ask people about their group projects. And I'll say, tell me, was there a slacker in your group? And they'll say, oh, yeah. There was a slacker in our group. There's one in every group, in real life, you know, in the working world and in school. I did have one student say, yeah, that was me. I was the slacker. So, oh, wow. Okay. Honesty is a policy, <laughs> I guess. So uh, don't do that. And as you said earlier, uh, 
they may not work a full day. They'll breeze in 20 minutes late. Oh, that just gets on people's nerves. Don't do that. Be early. Be on time. Um, stay a few minutes later. Don't bust out of there, you know, a minute ahead of time. But take your time in the job and expect to work a full day. It's different than your other experience, whether it was in school, whether it was being unemployed for a while. Um, now you got to be there the whole day. Oh, another thing, um, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of, mis- of a mistake that people make, mm-hmm. is they mm-hmm. mistreat or devalue secretaries or support oh. staff. Don't okay. do that. Instead, consider them allies. They control a lot of things, and they know everything that's going on, and they can they know all the gossip and all the, the secret stuff. That's what the word secretary comes from, of course, secrets, keepers of secrets. And they might share some of those with you that will save your career or help you to understand how things work, besides getting you paper clips and, and staplers when you need them. They can wow, do a I lot like of that. great allies. And then finally, an idea I stole from uh, uh, another book that I um, I can't think of uh, the author right now, but she said simply, do stupid things brilliantly. That means if you have to take, if your job involves taking phone messages you just take the best darn phone message in the world. Look at this fabulous message. Everything you need mm-hmm. is right here. So that sort of thing. No matter how small or menial the task, do it brilliantly, mm-hmm. and, and people will notice that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, finally, and it's not a mistake, but rather a good thing to do is to find a mentor in the company, somebody that can, yes. doesn't have to be, a, some have formal programs, but often it's more informal. Somebody in another department perhaps that you get along with or uh, depending on the size of the place, someone that can kind of help you along informally and, and explain how things work. So there you go. I think it's really wonderful advice, finding a mentor um, you know, and and that's for someone who has a career path in that, you know, uh, informal education as well as someone who's just interested in, in working, you know, without going to college, you know, mentorship, finding a mentor, someone that you can learn from is just so essential. So thank you for mentioning that. Certainly. <laughs> um, our show is, is beginning to wind down. But I do want to ask you, what advice um, would you give to our audience um, about the, the job-seeking process on top of all well, the wonderful advice you've given us? <laughs> well, you know, it, it's sort of, you know, you've heard that joke, uh, how do you eat an elephant, you know, one bite at a time. One bite at a time. <laughs> Same thing here. You You break it down into manageable chunks from starting off with your resume, preparing for interviews, looking for people. Uh, It is a full-time job, I should say that. Like, finding a job is a Mm full-time job. You can expect to spend, you know, six or eight hours a day at it. And if you treat it that way, you'll 
be on your way much faster. And, of course, I would say finally to get help. There's lots of resources out there. You truly are not alone. There are all kinds of people lining up to help you in this process. Hmm. I like that. I like that. And, you know, I want to say that everything that we've talked about, this the book that you wrote, it it, it just leads us step by step through the through these processes. I I still use it as a as a as a resource and as a guide for myself and when I'm talking to others. So I want to ask you if we're interested in purchasing your book or th- this book, um, Careers in Action. How would we go about doing that? You can go to the Kendall Hunt website. K E N D A L L Hunt, and in the search box, if you just type in my last name, Scanlon, S C A N L A N, I've been fighting for that spelling all my life. People misspell it. It's, there's two vowels, people. <laughs> Use, it's just, it's exactly one vowel. It's just an A. Use it a couple of times and you'll get there. So type in my last name and it'll take you straight to the uh, page with my book on it. Okay, great, great. And you said that if we want to, if we um, link, if we ask you to, um, if we, and, and, you know, I know Facebook is, is different than LinkedIn, but on LinkedIn, if we want to link in with you, you'd be willing to, um, to accept our, our, our invitation. Is that correct? Yes, please. Just make sure you personally follow follow the rules uh-huh. and follow personalize the, the the invitation and say, "Oh, I heard you on blog Blog Talk Radio today with Katrina Jones, and I'd like to connect with you." And anything else you want to say, and I'll I'll certainly accept that. And then that gives you access to my contacts, and there's over 500 of them in all sorts of different positions, so you can. Uh, check that out too. All right. Wonderful resource. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. This was Thank fun. Thank you so much. <laughs> and I uh, and I want to invite you back on the show anytime. All right. I appreciate that because we, we didn't <laughs> talk about every single thing. Almost. We almost talked about every okay. single thing we could possibly say. But uh, there mm-hmm. might be other things people want to hear. It's so much. It is so much, so much. Okay, okay, great. So we're going to bring this edition of Positively Affirmative to a close, and we want to thank you, our listening audience, for tuning in. This is the show where we affirm you with education, information, and resources in the areas of self-care, career development, business building, and wealth consciousness, challenges, and solutions. I am your host, Katrina Jones, Prosperity Life Coach of Satari Life Skills Institute, where we teach women and men how to create positive shifts in their work-life balance so they can become the directors of their own life stories. If you'd like more information and coaching resources, please visit my website at prosperitylifecoach.com. Join us every Sunday at 6.30 p.m. Bring a friend and share the prosperity.
Okay, everybody, abundant blessings. Thank you, John. Abundant blessings to you. Thank you. My pleasure. Don't mess with Mr. In-Between. Don't mess with Mr. In-Between. Ah. 